one thing about that disruptive technology is the fact that we feel like as metals distributors, we're not going to have a, a part in that supply chain. And the, the truth is, is I already have customers wanting to partner with TW Metals to be the exclusive source of the consumables used in 3D printing. Welcome to The Manufacturing Show, a podcast for industry professionals who never stop learning. We'll share specific strategies, tools, and insights to help take your career and business to the next level. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. This is Bob Moraz from TW Metals, and you are here on our podcast, Metals Matter. And I'm with my real good friend and co-host, Mr. Anthony Amobile. Tony, how are you doing? Uh, you changed my name. You've been calling me Tony for the last six shows. I'm doing great, Bob. Good to see you. Thank you, Tony. And just so you know, Tony is actually a nickname for Anthony. Just you might want to write that down. Hey, we're really excited about today's show. We have three guests, uh, dynamic guests, I might add, that are here with us at our global sales meeting in Nashville, Tennessee. And we have David Corbin from Savannah, Georgia. We have Torian Keene from Wichita, Kansas, and we have the superstar of all superstars, Steve McMahon from Agawam, Massachusetts. And they've been selected for a number of reasons. Uh, they are branch managers. They have a wealth of knowledge and, and uh, experience, and they are all very intimately involved in the aerospace industry, not only airframe, but also engine. So uh, let's start off with you, Steve. Can you give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been with the company for 32 years. I started when we were tube sales, and I started as an inside account manager. I had a journalism background before I started. I was actually writing obituaries, and I just kind of worked my way up. Um, it's been a great company. As Bob, as you said, we are right in the middle of a great aerospace market, uh, a very busy market. So uh, particularly the last couple of years has been great for us. So tell me, uh, Steve, you started off writing obituaries. That's right. Uh, yes, it was actually a great experience. <laughs> now that's quite that's quite a leap. I hope you haven't written any lately. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm working on my own. But uh... <laughs> okay, Tori, that's going to be tough to follow. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Tori. Yeah, well, first off, uh, thanks for having me here today uh, for this podcast. Uh, again, my name is Torian Keene. I'm the branch manager of the TW Metals Wichita. Uh, I'm a Wichita native, born and raised. I'm a Wichita State alumni, so uh, go Shocks. And, uh, you know, Wichita is obviously known as the air capital of the world, so uh, we service uh, many large OEMs as well as uh, sub-tiers, tiers 1s, 2s, and 3s, a lot of machine shops, fabricators, and, of course, metal distributors uh, in that market. So, Torian, you're born in Wichita. You grew up in Wichita. You now live in Wichita. You went to Wichita State. Is this your first trip out of uh, Wichita? I know. <laughs> I travel all over the country. But, uh, yeah, I'm Wichita born, Wichita bred, and someday I'll be Wichita dead. <laughs> That's great. Well, David, Savannah is one of the prettiest uh, cities in the country. Do we actually pay you to work there, or do you have to pay us to be a part of that uh, Savannah team? Well, you don't pay me much, so <laughs> that's the good thing. I'm David Corbin. I'm the branch manager of TW Metal Savannah. I've uh, been with the company for about 15 years. I've been in Savannah for 10. Uh, deal with a large uh, business jet manufacturer down there. Uh, very aerospace-centric is our branch. And uh, How's business? Business has been wonderful. We've had a, a, 
a good run for the last several years, and it's looking to be a, a great 2020, so we're excited about the next year. Uh, that's awesome. Now, Tori, and I, I, I got to ask you a question that's always, always kind of concerned me about Wichita. How does the Air Capital Senator, Center of the United States end up in the middle of the United States? Why, why not on the coast? You know, I, I have a theory about that, and I probably because it's flat. And so uh, uh, I think that's where all the uh, the planes uh, manufacturers uh, wanted to be so they could test out their, their, their designs or their ideas. So uh, there you have it. I'd heard, and obviously it's a rumor, that uh, the reason why Wichita really kind of grew as an air center was that during World War II, some people were concerned that the coasts were very vulnerable from attack, either from Europe or from Japan. Is that just a, uh, a rumor, or you think there's some validity to it? Oh, I think there's absolutely some validity to that. Uh, we're right smack dab in the center of the country. So, yeah, we're very well uh, protected and isolated. Hey, that's great insight, Bob. Uh, being that you were in World War II, that's probably why the reason you knew that. Steve, what about yourself? What are you seeing going into 2020 uh, in your market? Uh, you know, we most of our customers, uh, particularly in Connecticut and Massachusetts, are involved in a wide variety of aerospace markets, um, commercial, military, a lot of military work. You know, there's very much concern right now with Boeing, obviously, because um, most of the people in Connecticut do work for General Electric, who make, you know, the engines for, but it's, they're, they're involved in everything. Uh, they have a well-skilled workforce. And uh, nobody's really too concerned about it yet. Um, and, and we look to be on a run with, uh, you know, we do have some large engine manufacturers in our area. And uh, they have a 20 to 30 year backlog right now. So we expect to be busy for quite a while. I'd say so. Dave, tell me, if you had to switch places, Wichita or Agawa, Mass, with one of these two guys, who would you pick and why? Can I quit? <laughs> I live in Savannah, Georgia. I have the beach. I have the history. I have a great customer base. I don't think I'd leave. Well, I don't think I would leave either, Dave. That's a great answer. I want to ask you guys, uh, all of you, we'll give you all a chance to respond. What, what kind of disruptive technologies are you guys concerned about in manufacturing that's going to affect our business going forward? There's a lot of things out there like additive manufacturing and other, other components that might give us some challenges down the road. So why don't we start with uh, you, Steve? Thanks, Tony. Uh, we haven't seen much of that yet. We do have customers that are, are, are working parts. They're smaller parts, less complex. And I don't think it's going to affect our market, um, you know, in the foreseeable future. You know, down the road, I think, as the technology gets better, it could occur. But right now, um, there's, there's not much of a market for it. That it certainly has not impacted our sales at all. Okay. Torian? Yeah, I think additive manufacturing, we're already seeing that in our market where people are, they started off making tooling with additive manufacturing, and now they're making small parts. And uh, one thing about that disruptive technology is the fact that we feel like as metals distributors, we're not going to have a, a part in that supply chain. And the, the truth is, is I already have customers wanting to partner with TW Metals to be the exclusive source of the consumables used in 3D printing. So I'm pretty optimistic about that. I don't know as far as time frame or her, time horizon when that will happen, but I think we're probably within the next five or 10 years seeing that probably explode. How about you, David? I think it'd be interesting to see how uh, the technology develops and uh, with non-production parts, you know, one-offs as uh, 
aircraft that have been in service for many years where there are no longer production parts being made, where the additive manufacturing is used to make a, a, a one-off as opposed to having to re-up the entire production of the parts that were historically made in mass should make it a lot easier to get these parts quicker and uh, more cost-effective as the quantities drop with the manufacturers. Yeah, Dave, uh, while you were talking about additive manufacturing, uh, one of our listeners sent in a message, and uh, it asks, what about composites? Do you see composites growing? Are they pretty much uh, stable now, or, or are they being displaced at all? You know, in the uh, in the business jet market, they're kind of a later adopter to these things. Uh, from what I've been told and seen in the past, it's uh, the lower volumes don't really justify moving to composites as quickly as uh, on their larger airframes. I'm going to ask all of you a question. You guys are responsible for warehouse people, office people, salespeople. What kind of challenges are there in today's market to, to hiring and retaining some of our, our employees? Dave, once you start. Sure. Just managing personalities is always a, uh, a challenge. And, uh, you know, luckily in, in my facility, we don't have a lot of turnover. It's a smaller facility and we have long-term employees. So we've been lucky there, but, uh, I've heard the stories of just trying to retain people and you hear it from the customers, you hear it from other facilities, just, uh, trying to recruit talent, maintain talent and, uh, develop talent. I bet you, Torian. Yeah, our facility in Wichita is uh, just a little bit over 50 people. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm seeing uh, at our facility and probably true across the other facilities at TW Metals is the fact that we have very tenured people uh, in all parts of our operations. And then there's a gap in the middle. And then we have somebody who's been with us for one or two years. So it's, uh, you know, our average tenure in our facility in, in the shop is about 15 years. Uh, and then there's a huge gap. And then you have the one or two year employees. So uh, really trying to get people into our organization, you know, really into our culture. And like the theme of this whole GSM, uh, the people, that's really what, uh, what matters and what makes us, uh, sets us apart from everybody else. Steve? Thanks, Tony. We've had real success hiring people right out of school. And I find that younger people, you know, you have a reputation of they want to work three and four jobs. But I find the biggest selling point that I have when I'm talking about our company is the average length of service for an employee is I think it's about 14 or 15 years. That's very appealing. It's a great selling point. And when I'm interviewing somebody in my branch, the biggest selling point I have is that most of the people in our branch this is the only job they've had as an adult, regardless of their age. I'm 55. We have people in their 50s, 40s, 30s, and 20s. They've only worked for either tube sales or 2W, TW Metals their entire career. And that's a great selling point because uh, it's a great company to work for. And once I explain the history, I usually have no problems getting them to want the job. The toughest thing, of course, is to get them in the office for an interview. It, it's, you know, it's a tight job market in New England. We have quite a few universities, state schools around us, so uh, it's a great, fertile job market, but it's difficult. Well, I think it's obvious, Steve, a good reason why those people want to stay, stay is you. So uh, I think that that's the big attractor. Once they're in there, they never want to leave. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it, it's funny when I'm interviewing people and I'm talking about the company and our history and, and just going through the, you know, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis and the, and just our culture. If I'm having a bad day while I'm doing that interview, I think to myself, boy, maybe I should get a job at that place. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> but it, it, uh, 
it's not just me. It's a it's an entire team, and it, it really is the culture of the company. I think that this spreads everywhere, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's noticeable as soon as you start with us. You know, from your first day on. Yeah, that that's a great point. And the culture here at the global sales meeting, it really shows uh, with everybody, doesn't it? it? It it's pervasive. It's everywhere. Now, Torian, we we found out that uh, one of the keys to Steve's success is starting off writing obituaries what did you do before you joined tw metals well you know uh as i graduated college i was just like a lot of people that really uh, didn't have uh, an idea of what i wanted to do so i kind of bounced around industries i think my first job out of college i was a credit manager uh doing car loans so uh and also collecting on car loans uh, and i did that for a couple of years and then uh, i just always had a passion to get into purchasing and uh, so most of my career has been in purchasing, and uh, now I find myself in this role, and I think everybody in our organization is really a salesman at heart. And uh, so I found myself in this role, and so I, I, I'm, uh, you know, again, I'm very passionate about what I do. I felt like I've, I've found something that uh, I was kind of born to do, and I'm happy to be here. Well, you've been in purchasing for a while, it appears, and now you've been in the, in the sales management and sales end of it for a while. As a salesman my entire life, I always thought that purchasing had the easier job. You've had both. So which job is easier, being a buyer or being a seller? You know, I think being a, a buyer is probably a little bit easier than, than selling. Uh, you know, I do have a unique perspective because I was on the other side of that. But, uh, you know, that's a really that's a good question. That's a good question. Well, that's why I got this job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the buying is, is the easier part than the selling. And you're trying to convince somebody to buy something that you have. And uh, so, uh, well, judging on my personal life, my wife seems to buy a lot of things very often. So I think <laughs> buying must be easier. You, Dave, uh, where did you start off? With? What was your what was your job right out of school? Well, luckily, my uh, degree in biology prepared me to be a bellman after college. And uh, for about eight months, I stuck around Charleston, South Carolina, and was a bellman at a five star resort. And then uh, stumbled into the inside sales position at TW Metals in Forest Park. Hey, that's great. Steve, I got a question, but before I start, I was just thinking that job you had before was probably a dead-end job, right? You know, that's the first time I ever heard that, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, let me ask you, uh, uh, a lot of our listeners are in the manufacturing base. What what are your customers that are in manufacturing talking to you about as far as what their challenges are? What's, What's big issues for them today? The biggest issues for the machine shops is getting good help and keeping it, getting raw materials when they need it at a price that they can live with. You know, the bigger guys, uh, you know, we have a lot of smaller machine shops in our area. They're really beholden to their customers. They don't have, you know, they have to do what the biggest customers want them to do. They squeeze their margins. People in Massachusetts, uh, the biggest, one of the biggest markets we have in our state is, is in Europe. So when things go wrong over there, it affects us here. And most people don't realize that. So, you know, we, it is a global com- economy, obviously, but it really impacts us in New England uh, because there's so much export work done. So they're beholden to what's going on all over the world, and it's frustrating for them because in most cases they have no control over it. So they really depend on us to help them out, and it, it's a vital part of our business. And you know, we've really formed good relationships with a lot of these people over the years because they trust us to help them. Wow, it is a uh, it is a global market. Now, Dave, our switchboard is lighting up. 
there's a lot of interest that would appear from all over the world and here's a couple couple people even from india are, are asking you to explain a rock star hotel can you tell did you say rock? five five star hotel five star, five star. hotel oh five star. okay all right <laughs> but now so you you went from a biology major to a a bellman actually to a bellman uh-huh. To an inside sales, right? And to inside sales, to inside sales. Well, obviously you 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 had a lot of thought in what you're going to do with your career, just just <laughs> as just as we all have. Uh, okay, uh, Tony has an interesting question here that he's scribbling on a pad. Of course, it looks like scribble to me, so I'll let him ask it. Yeah, we try this with a lot of our guests. We're going to give you a letter, and we'd like you to come up with a word that matches that letter. You know, in in regard to your philosophy in business, and we'll start with you, Steve. Letter is P. Passion. You really have to be passionate about this job. Whatever you're doing, it. I think it's the most important thing you can have in any job you have. Dorian, your letter is I. Integrity. I think uh, you have to have integrity in absolutely everything you do uh, in business. David, how about the letter T? Trustworthiness. Uh, with our customers, you know, we have uh, long-term relationships with them and they rely on us to provide product when when they need it, and uh, without that trust, you have nothing. Hey, Bob, they handled it a lot better than the RGMs did, right? Yeah, they did. Uh, we, uh, yeah, that, and we love to do that. It's kind, it kind of you react to it quickly, and you come up with an answer. And a, a lot of people don't know what they think till they hear what they say, and so it's always it's always interesting to see what happens. I had a question for you, uh, Torian. Given your varied background. In your business at, at TW Metals, what was one of the most interesting things that has happened to you? Uh, it could be with a customer or a vendor or in the shop or or what are the what what's one thing is a story that you'd like to go home and 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 tell tell your wife when you're around the fireplace? Real real quick, it's not something that happened directly to me, but I was part of it. One of our new territory managers at that point, Amanda Drake, made a call to a customer. And a crime happened down the street. And while Amanda is in the lobby talking to this customer, the criminal runs through the facility and police are chasing him. And she's on the ground next to the buyer. The canine unit has been called in, is nipping Amanda on her arm. And so this was her first sales call as a territory manager. She called me and I said, Amanda, are you all right? She said, yes, I'm fine, Torian. The next question was, did you get the order? <laughs> but that was a relationship that Amanda will have with that customer forever. And that was probably one of the unique stories that I have. Wow, that is unique. Now, now, Steve, uh, I know you have a number of unique stories. Can you t- pull one of, your, one of them out of your hat? You know, the one that really sticks with me, and it happened to me my first month on the job, we had an order that was late for a customer who was making aircraft parts, and it was coming from a mill in Indiana. And at the time... The mill would ship us a truckload of material with the orders we had each week. And the order shipped from the mill, I told the customer he had to wait until the truck got here. He wanted me to call the Indiana State Police to flag the truck down, pull our his material off the truck, and have it delivered specifically to him. And he was only kidding, but I didn't realize that. <laughs> And I remember putting him on hold and going over to my boss at the time, Glenn Scott. And I remember walking over thinking to him, what kind of nutty job is this I got myself into? And Glenn thought I was joking, but I said, no, he's serious. 
And when Glenn got on the phone, the guy was laughing his head off. So, um, but you know, at the time, I took it as a as a uh, it showed me that I could do anything for a customer, or I would do anything. Dave, can you give us a story? That's a hard one to beat. Well, this one uh, actually involves Tony. I was at a training uh, event at our corporate office, and uh, he loaded up a car full of outside salespeople and drove through a tropical storm to Atlantic City for an evening out. A tropical storm. Dave, my wife's listening to this podcast. And, you know, <laughs> hey, we just got a call, Bob. We got a caller from New York. A question for Steve. As a Red Sox fan, what do you think of Derek Jeter being inducted into the Hall of Fame this week? He deserved it. He was great. I don't think he was an all-time great at his position, but I thought he was he was a Hall of Fame player. I think the fact that he played for the Yankees kind of inflated his his resume, but he earned it and he's I'm glad he's in there. Super Steve, thank you. Well, listen, it looks as though we're about out of time. Uh, and I have to say, it's one of our best podcasts. Uh, uh, we, as you listen to this podcast, we know that Tony mumbles. So you might have to play it back one or two times to get the questions. But the re- responses were great. Any closing comments, Steve? Thanks for having me here. It's the first time I ever did this. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there were good questions. And uh, I'm lucky. I, I just can't believe how lucky I was that I answered an ad in the paper one day for this company. It was the... You know, other than getting married and uh, and having children, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Obviously, he knows his wife is listening too. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for the opportunity. This has been great. This is—I I think we could probably go on for another thirty minutes. This is uh, surprisingly easy, and uh, I would just like to say, go Shocks, go Chiefs, Super Bowl. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to a prosperous twenty twenty. Well, that's great, and uh, we're really fortunate here today. We have our new technician who uh, I think fresh out of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology Advanced Media Center. This is your first job right out of school, uh, Brandy. Brandy Ferroni. Brandy, would you like to say hi to our throve of listeners? Hi, guys. She didn't mean that guys, guys in the neuter sense. Uh, Uh, So, Brandy, how'd you like your first podcast? I loved it. It was really interesting. Some good questions and hearing about everyone's backgrounds. I mean, I met them before, obviously, but I don't know how they came here and came to be. So it's nice to hear everybody's stories. Yeah, okay. That was a yes or no question. But anyway, listen, thank you very much. And uh, please subscribe. And if you liked what you heard, uh, give us five stars. And uh, thank you, Tony. And I hope you're feeling better. Thanks, Bob. Yes. TW Metals is more than just a worldwide distributor of specialty metals and an innovative supply chain solutions provider. They're a partner you can trust for sound advice and top-notch customer care. Learn more at TWMetals.com. Thanks for listening to the Industrial and Manufacturing Podcast from Sweetfish Media. Whether it's at the office or at home, here's to getting better every single day. Let's never stop learning.